The Kansas City Chiefs are back-to-back Super Bowl champs. And my question is, how will they handle this continued success? And when it comes to our own lives, how do we handle success? How do we handle the blessings in life? Let's unpack it. This is the Unpacking It Podcast where we relate big sports stories to life and biblical truth. Our mission is to challenge, encourage, and inspire you to follow Jesus and become more like him with sports conversations that truly matter. That's what I'm talking about! Coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, I just want to thank you guys one last time for being here. It's the best day ever. Here is the president of Unpacketed Ministries, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack parallels, metaphors, and topics in sports that relate to life and faith. I'm Bryce Johnson, joined by Luke Heaton. On today's episode, we are unpacking the Super Bowl and the win by the Chiefs. I was pulling for the 49ers, but great win for the Chiefs, and now they are on another level of football success and so I'm curious what this looks like for the individual players and coaches and this franchise moving forward and so we'll have a a fun conversation about that today and how it relates to our own lives uh thanks everybody watching on social media LinkedIn Facebook Twitter uh I'm still not calling it x it's still Twitter you go to twitter.com so it's Twitter it's twitter.com um, and so you can email me anytime, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Uh, our website is unpackingit.com. Be sure to subscribe to our Monday, Wednesday, Friday devotional that goes into your email inbox uh, when you subscribe for free. And thanks everybody that that listens and, and watches on uh, YouTube uh, as well as Spotify and Apple. And uh, we appreciate all of our, our listeners and, and appreciate your willingness to rate, review, share, uh, repost, retweet, all those, those things are a huge help to us and we appreciate it. And, and also thanks to all of our supporters financially. Uh, you guys are awesome. Our monthly supporters and those of you that support us throughout the year as well. Uh, very, very grateful. And so if you'd like to, to do that as well, uh, unpacking it.com slash donate. All right, Luke, you were pulling for the chiefs. You picked the chiefs. I, uh, I, I, was going for the Niners, was sort of picking them with the the caveat, like most people said, how do you pick against Patrick Mahomes? And and that came true. And and once again, if it's a tight game, if it's a clutch situation, you want to side with Mahomes and Reed and and their execution down the stretch was incredible. The two key plays for me throughout the game, one, the the botched uh punt, the fumble. That, that the 49ers turned the ball over. That shifted the momentum completely. That was the turning point in the game. And mm-hmm. then I thought the, the fourth down and three or four, when, when Mahomes ran the ball, that was the perfect play, the perfect read, the, the perfect lane for him to, to run and get, that, and get that play. And that really gave them then the momentum uh, to ultimately win the game. So those are my, uh, my two big takeaways. But, but what about for you? Yeah, gosh, I think easily the play of the game is that third down, third and four, third and five, Niners have the ball near the end of the fourth quarter. If they get the first down, they run the clock out, kick a game-winning field goal. There's nothing Kansas City can do 
and Spags brings pressure. They get a stop. Watching that play, my stomach was in knots. I feel like I just repped out a hundred crunches. I mean, like if they get this first down, it's I wouldn't know what that feeling is like, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe 25 crunches will well, be more reasonable. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But if the Niners get that first down, the Super Bowl is over. And Kansas City comes up clutch and gets a stop. That play, it's like I love to replay that in my mind, but I also hate the feeling of how I felt watching that play, the stress. It was it was crazy. But so Steve Spagnola. Uh, that guy deserves a ton of credit as well. Um, Bob Sturm on, on Twitter was, he was showing that the chiefs played so much man coverage this game, way more than any other team had played against the Niners, which, which is crazy because against the Niners, most teams, okay, they got a lot of weapons. We got to play zone. We can't cover all these stars in man to man coverage and Kansas city played aggressive and did it. And that chiefs defense they kept Kansas City in the game long enough where if you keep leaving the door cracked for a quarterback in Patrick Mahomes who is already near the top of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play this game, you can't let him linger. And that Chiefs defense allowed Patrick Mahomes to linger just enough to where that muffed punt. Or not muff yeah. punt, but the, the fumble on the punt gave him that opportunity. He I don't know what you call that. A couple like, opportunities. It was actual receiver, but uh, I know hit his ankle, and then yeah, it was a. But oh, that, a that's all Mahomes needed, just a couple opportunities. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I was almost going to write and uh, do the show about that, about lingering, and sometimes we allow sin to linger in our life, um, and so you give a little little door, a little open door, and, yep. and but that's exactly what happened for the for for the Chiefs. They 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 hung around. And then again, in clunch, in clunch, clunch, clutch time, <laughs> it's it's go time. It's go time for Mahomes. And you know, I thought Brock Purdy played well. You give credit to the Chiefs' defense, and and they did enough to to limit him in that that 49ers offense. And Kittle never got going. Nobody ever really got going. McCaffrey had a nice day. The trick play was awesome. That goes down as one of the you know more epic Super Bowl plays, especially for a first half play. Uh, but but other than that, it was. You know they were moving the ball, but not the not the big dynamic plays to really run away with it. Because it felt like the 49ers were actually you know they were in control of the game. They're they're winning mm -hmm. that thing, but they needed to score more and they needed those big plays, and that's what didn't happen. And so you could criticize Purdy, I guess, a little bit for that. Um, but I'm I'm good with Purdy. I, I'm good with with what he did oh, and, no and how well he played. I'm good with Kyle Shanahan. Now, yep. of course, the argument, you, you got to run the ball more with McCaffrey. I think that's fair. Um, but there's more details to that than, than that. You know, just McCaffrey's statement. so good. Oh, because if the Niners win, McCaffrey's MVP, no question. 160 well, yards Getting, all purpose. That, that's Jones fair. Had a nice yeah, game yeah. too. Yeah, third and Juwan, no. I think that's what they said on the broadcast. Yeah, he, um, he was impressive. But, but um, it was an unbelievable game. I mean, back-to-back -back years of down to the wire. Such a good treat for sports fans. Um, I think one of the more notable outcomes of this game is the Niners are the blueprint for cheap quarterback, load the roster on both sides of the ball with talent to get a Super Bowl. It's kind of similar to Russell Wilson Seahawks when they won a Super Bowl on his rookie deal. Load yep. the team, 
But you have to factor in when you play against a guy like Mahomes. I, I, I don't think it is too much of a stretch to call to compare Mahomes to Michael Jordan in the sense of I forget who I heard say this, but he's a legacy killer. You have great teams that feel like they're championship teams. They're unbelievable, dominant teams. And you have guys like Mahomes, like Brady, like MJ, who are legacy killers. We won't remember this Niners team the same way, nowhere near if they actually won the Super Bowl. They're oh, going to kind sure. of be forgotten. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what a guy like Mahomes. That's what he does. The, the Niners are the blueprint. How can you? How can you get any better than that? I don't know if you can. That no, that that's fair because it, Mahomes just provides the difference. He's the difference. The, 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 and that was a tight game. It went into overtime, and ultimately, all right, uh, well, Mahomes and just like Jordan and and the Jazz that came down to the wire. What's the difference? Yep. It's Jordan, and and so and Brady and some of those tight tight Super Bowls. Brady yeah. was the difference. Um, even yeah, in the because, defensive games, Brady was yeah. the difference. Yeah, because and Brady and Mahomes, reality. they could have, Mahomes could be 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Uh, and ball, crushed ball, ball, by, ball. by Brady's bucks. And then three, all three of his wins, he's been down. A lot yeah. of Brady's Super Bowls. He could have lost a lot of those. Oh, yeah. I mean, 13-3 to game against the Rams? Come on. Well, but, the Falcons game for sure he should have lost. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's just but that, you have these special players where, again, if you just if you leave the door cracked for them to come and steal that win from you, they're going to take it. It's it's amazing. So, you know, I, I like I said on last week's show, I'm not a big Mahomes guy. I wish that I was enjoying him more than I am, but I'm rooting for the Niners to, to knock him off. But I could still, as a sports fan, appreciate what what he does and you know he was eight for eight down the stretch to win that to win that game on the final drive and, and that was unbelievable and 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 again it's just the, it's the clutch the poise the find a way the the decision making in the moment to know you know the right receiver and and when to run because he ran the ball effectively I think he was the mm-hmm. leading rusher so so he knew when to run and and saw the lanes and he's not looking to run he's not forcing the run but he he understands the game on a whole nother level. And then the whole conversation this year too, about him becoming even more of a game manager, which seemed like a weird uh, evolution of a quarterback. You'd think he'd become more and more dynamic. Well, he showed that early on, you know, all the, the no look passes, but that wasn't really his game this year on this mm-hmm. run. It wasn't all about the dynamic, crazy throws and all that kind of thing. Sure. They were, they were mixed in there, but it was the decision-making. It was managing the game. And then when you needed him to step up, boom, he did it, and he goes and wins the game. Yep. That's, that's, how, that's how you have that longevity, too. Yep, exactly. Because the, the, the no-look passes are cute, but that's not always going to get you the, the nope. wins in the long run. So. No, you got to get yeah, you got to get settled in. Now he's settled into his career. The, the, the early flashiness. Because I think Tony said that in the broadcast. The Chiefs all year, they're not looking for these explosive plays. They're looking to just manage, dink and dunk, take what the defense gives them, and then when there's opportunities, they'll take advantage. But they're not looking to to blow the roof off. They're just going to yeah. keep slowly churning. And gosh, it is is it impressive to watch? It is. They don't have all the weapons. The receivers no. were okay, but yeah, you know, oh, that's and- generous. Very generous, calling them yeah. okay. <laughs> Very okay. generous. 
<laughs> so, and Kelsey was, uh, Kelsey was awesome in the second half. And so, um, yeah, so congrats to the Chiefs. Before we talk more about them and kind of moving forward, uh, what was your favorite commercial? I don't even want to say a favorite. I am, I have given up on any hope for Super Bowl commercials. I mean, the, oh, the one on, BMW dude. commercial with, uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah, that Christopher Walken. That that was okay. funny. I, I like that, that one, but they're just normal commercials now. I was talking to my my buddy Dalton, who I was watching the game with. Gosh, when we were in middle school, Doritos commercials, Snickers commercials. I they mean, were there were um laugh out loud commercials, and now it's just eh, it's advertising. It's yeah, it it's does, you you need a good game. game. Commercials cannot save a bad game anymore. You absolutely have to have a good game. Yeah, I'm curious yeah. what your favorite is. I, I, it seems like a very Walken. small pool to choose from. Okay. Yeah. Stole mine. I like I like that one. That was, that was the was only fun. one that actually got me to chuckle. Yeah. And the the Arnold, uh, like a good neighbor. Like a good yeah, neighbor. Yeah. That yeah. Was funny. I thought that was I thought that was clever. And it actually, to me, that one helped like with the branding of State Farm. Whereas mm. I'm not sure Christopher Walken with the BMW. I don't. I don't know if that really <laughs> no. lined up as much. I don't think that's moving the needle for BMW's bottom line. I don't know. No it didn't seem like that. But anyway, <laughs> so um, I said to get your your. Uh, that was a horrible take. I I, I I didn't even ask you. You're negative about the commercials. Come on, <laughs> come on. It's all part of the. It's all part of the the shenanigans of the day. No. Um, so all right. So the bottom line, we talk about Mahomes, and and we talk about you know, really the success that the Chiefs have had since he took over as the starter, and and I, all this kind of was put into perspective following the game. It's like, wait, he's been the starter for six years. He's won three Super Bowls, went to another one, but all six years they went to the AFC Championship. So they've mm -hmm. been a top four team ever since he's become the the starting quarterback with a franchise that was mediocre at best before him right mm -hmm. they were you know, alex smith had a couple decent years but for the most part the chiefs were nothing so he's the level of success that the chiefs now have is unbelievable and it's a monster deal that they went back to back the first time in 19 years you know the patriots did it with brady it, that was back in the day when they beat my panthers and then the eagles or eagles then the panthers um let's see it was the Pan panthers then the eagles um and so that to me really is hard to do in today's NFL because of the parody, because we see it. I'm here in the NFC South. It's a different team that wins the NFC South. The Bucs have done it lately, but you see it in the NFC East. It's always a different like 18 team. years. We haven't had yeah. a back-to-back -back NFC yeah. East division champ in like 18 years. So you just look at it on the division level. And then you take this to the Super Bowl to go back to back. And, and really our focus today is talking about how difficult it is to handle success. And so, so far, I'd say the Chiefs have done a great job handling success, meaning Mahomes and Kelsey still motivated. They're, they're yep. still you know, team focused. Both of them, their, their contracts allow for the team to be built up around them. And, and so, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're still hungry. They're, they're still uh, you know, locked in when it comes playoff yep. time. Even um, Chris Jones, after, yeah. after this Super Bowl, was talking about, I really hope I'm able to get a deal done with Kansas City this offseason. We've got a lot of young talent. I I'm eager to see what could happen next year. Like, wow, right. like you just won your third ring and <sighs> still hungry. Yeah, it, it, it really is uh, you know, uh, amazing. And, and so uh, you know, a couple of the stats that jumped out, I was watching uh, Get Up on, on Monday. Um, 
you know, third double digit comeback win in Super Bowl, most by any starting quarterback. His three Super Bowl wins, Mahomes has a 95.9 QB rating out of 100 oh. uh, during the fourth quarter in overtime. And then he accounted for 89% of the Chiefs offense after halftime, 266 of the 298 yards. So all of that's just oh. amazing. So you just talk about the success of him and this team. And so here's the, the question for us to, to discuss today. How will they handle it now? How will they handle being back-to-back champions, three-time Super Bowl champs, all by the age of 28 for Mahomes? And yep. so how will they use their platform, their power, their influence? Will they use it for themselves and just continue to you know, get more you know, sponsorship deals and you see them on more commercials? Is it all about them? Or will they use this? For good, and and how, you know what opportunities do they have there? Um, how will they handle the you know the, the added access and the open doors that result from this amount of success? You know the people they get to meet and the you know the, the you just get to another level. How will they handle that? How will they approach the off season? Do they still take you know all, everything as seriously as they have in the past? Take care of their body. Will they actually rest and refuel, or will it be let's take advantage of every opportunity we can? all these new doors that will open up. Yes, 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 yes. I'll do this media. I'll do this sponsorship. I'll do this event, all those kinds of things. I'll go to this concert, that concert. Is Travis Kelsey going to go on tour with Taylor Swift? You know, all those kind of <laughs> things. How will they handle the success or, or will they actually, you know, start preparing for next season and remain hungry, remain motivated, uh, continue to make the sacrifices. And then will they continue to be team focused in the sense of wanting the credit or, or, Hey, we're in this together. Or is it, you know, some guy saying, hey, Mahomes is getting all the credit. I want more of the credit. I'll look at our defense. Um, will they all stick around? Or will they, you know, go to different teams? And, and so, um, you know, you can kind of go on and on. Uh, will the players that, that return next year still listen to their coaches? Or, or do they allow the, the hype and the pride and the arrogance to sort of take over and go, no, nah, I mean, I'm Super Bowl champ. I'm back-to-back. I got this. Um, or do they continue to respect and, and listen to their coaches? Um, Talking to you, Kelsey. No, I'm just kidding. I like, I like Kelsey. <laughs> um, and, and then also, are they filled with gratitude? Or, or is the mentality, ah, we deserve this. We deserve the, these Super Bowls and, and you know, that kind of thing. And, and so all of this is, uh, you know, they're experiencing success. They have the ability to enjoy it. But there are so many temptations and tests that now follow that will really determine how they handle their success and what the results are of this success. Potential impact. What will that look like? How will they use their platforms? And, and then will the, will the success continue or will they get trapped into the pride, the arrogance, the selfishness, all that kind of comes with success. So let me just kind of give your general thoughts on that. And then we'll jump into the spiritual side of this. Yes. There's something about the more success you have, the more you want to turn inward and give yourself credit for that success. Uh, especially in team sports, when I the the temptation to boost your own ego. Mm. Like that, that's why it's so impressive, Belichick and Brady's relationship. Because the more success they had, it's, okay, well, is it Brady or is it Belichick? And they continued that tandem. They didn't seem caught up in 
Brady wanting to run the coach out of town so he can get the credit. Belichick, you know, I, I can win with any quarterback. Let me run Brady out of town. For years and years and years, they were satisfied. Let's just keep winning together. That seems to be the case with Mahomes and Andy Reid because there's a huge question now. Is it more Andy Reid? Would Mahomes be the same quarterback? Would Andy Reid even be able to be the coach we view him today as if he didn't have Mahomes? And so, so that question, but being able to resist a temptation to let me promote myself, it's my doing that we're here. Or if the Chiefs, they seem to they seem to handle the they had some lows this year. That Christmas game against against Las they Vegas, they could have crumbled. And some of the, you know, Kelsey Mahomes, the guys who had won Super Bowls could have easily separated from the young guys who hadn't done it yet and said, It's your fault. We uh, were the great ones, but they seem to stay together. And yeah. and and we'll I mean we'll keep our eye on it, but there just seems to be a trend, even in you know the corporate world, in any wherever, whatever environment or sector you're in, the more per individual success you have, it seems to be more easy to want to give yourself more and more credit. It's just an interesting pattern that keeps it keeps showing itself up. So let, let let's uh, let's go there, and and so today, you know, we talk a lot about on this show the the challenges of life. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about despair after the Bills loss, and, and because especially in my life, I've dealt with lots of seasons of despair and frustration and disappointment. And how do we get through that as followers of Jesus? And we rely on God through those times, and He strengthens us and He empowers us. And so we'll, we'll continue to talk a lot about that on this show. But I do think there's another side of this to, to talk about, and that is how do we in our own lives handle success? Because all of us experience some level of success, some level of blessing uh, throughout our lives, and we also need to be equipped to handle the good seasons of life as followers of Jesus and, and, and how, we, how we deal with, you know, things are going well. Wow, we're experiencing answered prayers and and so then what then then where does that where does that kind of take us and where does that leave us and so i want to give us a couple verses just to to give us sort of a a foundation for this and this this is specifically talking about wealth and being rich and and so that's a big part of this you know conversation too especially you know in america and the wealth that that we we all experience especially in, in compared to uh other parts of, of the world uh, how do we handle money? How do we handle having an increase in our own lives? And so let, let's go to 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19 in the Amplified Version. As for the rich in this present world, instruct them not to be conceited and arrogant, nor to set their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, willing to share with others. In this way, storing up for themselves the enduring riches of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. And so, wow, that's a great challenge. That's a great encouragement. And so let, let's you know, kind of keep that at the forefront as we discuss this. But but how do we in our own lives handle financial wins, work accomplishments, um, even you know even athletic achievements? I can't imagine those anymore. But 
Uh, you know, we talked <laughs> about this during fantasy football fellowship when you win your fantasy championship, yeah. doing so in in humility. Um, and so, you know, here are the questions kind of paralleling some of the questions that we asked about the Chiefs. You know, do we get distracted by our accomplishments? Do we buy into our own hype? Do we become prideful? Do we become arrogant when things are going well? And then who gets the glory? Is it all about us when things are going well? Look what I did. Look what I'm accomplishing. Woo. Or is it, man, look what God has done in my life. Look how God showed up. Look at God's greatness. Look at his power. Look at his goodness. Look at, look at his sovereignty. Look at his love. And, and then, you know, when things are going well, do we become more self-reliant and self-centered? I, I, look what I can do. Man, now I've got money. Now look at all the, the things I'm, I'm capable of doing. And then we get power. We get increased influence. What do we do with our increased platform? You know, you work your way up in the, in the corporate ladder. What do we do with that success? Does it become more about us? Does it become, or do, or do we actually take advantage of, wow, the impact I can have on others? Wow, I've got increased finances. Wow, the opportunity I have to give to others and to pour into others. And, oh, man, I'm in a season of things are, yeah, things are good right now. Who needs me? Okay, I'm not, as, I'm not as bogged down right now by my own struggles and challenges at the moment. Let me look around and see who needs me. How can I, how can I come alongside somebody? Is that our mentality or is it, woo, all my success, life is good, it's all about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the temptation. That's the temptation of success. Um, and so, Luke, let me, let, me, let me have you jump in there. Yeah, big conversation here. It there again to to reiterate what I was saying earlier and make it more about our own lives. Just like an athlete when they have a lot of success, it's easy for them to forget how they got there, to forget the coaches that developed them, to forget the opportunities that without them they wouldn't have reached the level. For example, I think it's fair to say Mahomes wouldn't be the Mahomes we thought he would be or he could be if he didn't go to Kansas City with Andy Reid. In that situation, in this specific era, with these players, it's not to say that he's not great and fantastic. But it is to say it's not all because of him. There are opportunities in, in people, in environments that that allow athletes to achieve success for our own lives. Any blessing or success we have ultimately is from God. Mm -hmm. It is not because at the core we have carved it or achieved it ourselves. And God makes this very clear in Deuteronomy 8. He's telling Israel, remember what I have done for you. Remember that I brought you out of Egypt or else when you start to build your houses and you start to eat well and mm. your herds and your flocks multiply, your heart will be lifted up and you will forget the Lord, your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He know God knows this is what sinful people do when they have blessing and success, they forget God mm. and gosh, do we do this? And I think yeah. we absolutely do this in the United States of America, where if we're being really honest, and I've really wrestled with, wrestled with this over the past couple of years and just with, you know, God's sovereignty and he's in control, um, feeling that on a daily basis, because for, for a lot of us, and again, this is not everyone. I'm not trying to, you know, make a, a too much of a, a, I'm not trying to paint with broad brushstrokes here, 
but in America compared to other countries, it, it can be more difficult to daily feel our need for God. Mm, what, if you have a good job, you know, we not, we're not planting our own crops and relying on good weather. God, would you please bring rain? Like we're going mm. to the grocery store, we're buying our food. We have money in the bank. We have mm. cars to drive everywhere. We have all these needs. It's easy to feel like I'm good on my own. And mm. it's the same sentiment of Deuteronomy 8 on God saying, yeah, when your bellies are full and everything's going great, you forget about me. But it's me who allows that. And I think in our country, a lot of us, it we have to be intentional to remember any blessing or success we have in life ultimately is because God is in control. Mm. The good job I might have or the car I drive or the access to food I have is not because I've achieved that. I mean, come on. No, it's because God has allowed for opportunities. He has blessed me. He has granted success in his sovereignty, his wisdom, his will. And it doesn't ultimately come back to us. But it takes intentionality. Again, like God's saying, Deuteronomy 8, remember. If you don't remember what I've done for you, you're going to forget it. And that's what mm -hmm. we do in our sin. Um, and it, it's something I continue to have to improve in. Absolutely. There's, again, there's so many layers and yeah, there's, there's great responsibility when, when we do have you know, a, a level of, of success and influence and power and money and, and whatever, whatever it is, you know, how are we, how are we using it? And, and are we aligned with God's purposes and is our heart aligned with his or, or do we become, yeah, so self-dependent or are we, continued to are we continuing to be dependent on him reliant on him um and, and then you know are we filled with gratitude or is our attitude ah i deserve this i've worked hard and so i mm. deserve this and yeah we want to work hard absolutely and, and god honors that um but but to think that yeah we we deserve all this stuff now and we've talked about this on the show before ultimately we we deserve death for for our yeah. our sinful nature yep. and, and who, who we are as sinners and, and God in his kindness and his grace and his mercy and his love, man, we, we get to experience him. We get to experience eternity with him. Um, and we're, we're saved because of him. And yeah, do we, and so, do we really want to play the deserve game? I don't, yeah, we, I don't, don't think we do. There. Nope. No. Because it, again, anytime we have the mentality of I deserve this, God owes me this. Oh, I, do you really want what you're owed? Because we've sinned against the Holy God. Yeah. And the right. second we start to think God owes me something, we have to remember he did not spare his son mm. so that we may know him and be with him for eternity. We've been given every, we already have everything. We are in right. Christ. But we, uh, I feel like too often we just, uh, that's great, but no, I really want this job though. No, it's great to have Christ, but gosh, if I could just have a, some more success in this area. Mm. Oh, wow. How, we can't overlook the beauty and the majesty of the gospel. Amen. And, and so, yeah, the question becomes, do we remain content in Christ when we're experiencing success or is our happiness based on success? And, and to your point, it's like, well, yeah, if I get that, once I get that, then I'll, then I'll be happy. And so it's like our happiness is attached to some level of success. But, you know, Paul talks about contentment, plenty or want, we can be content in Christ um, and the strength that he gives us. And so, 
that way, you know, it's not that we don't want to experience success. We do. We, we, we want to experience success. But God uses all of it, success and the struggles and the despair like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's all about refining us and helping us become more like Christ. And, and so our character changing, our dependence on him changing, our fellowship with him uh, strengthening, our understanding of who God is. And, and so success can, can lead to that, but success also creates a lot of challenges and, and temptations. Because Absolutely. Then it, the, the temptation is to say, no, no, God, I'm, I'm good. Like, I got this. And, mm-hmm. and we, we're not as desperate to get into his word. We're not, we're not seeking him the same way because maybe we're not looking for answers anymore because our, answer, our prayers were answered in a certain yep. area. But, man, we were on our knees when we needed an answer, when we needed him to come through. Well, now, okay, well, now things are going well. How, are we, how will we handle it now? Yeah. Um, and there's but, another layer to this. It's, it's not the, the gratitude we ought, we ought to have when God grants us success and blessing is not thank you God so much for this. Now I can just use this selfishly. Like the gratitude is not thank you God. Oh, now that I've thanked him, now I can do whatever I want with it. There's a helpful <laughs> quote in, from Enduring Word. So this reminds us why God has blessed us. His plan is that it would ultimately further his eternal purpose. Therefore, we have no right to use our material blessing to further selfish purposes. Instead, we use our resources to advance his kingdom. And, you know, to bring it back to the Super Bowl, the success that Mahomes and Kelsey and the Chiefs have are not ultimately to further their individual platforms. If they take this success and withdraw from the team to build their own kingdom, that, that's, not, that's, not the, that's not the play. No, it's... We have great success. Let's continue to pour it back into the team. Continue to build for next year. Continue to continue to win for each other. For the general manager to have the same mentality. And for us, when we have blessing and success in our own lives, it's to receive it with gratitude, but then to pour it back into God's purposes. Because mm. that's ultimately why we're even given them. God doesn't grant us blessings so that we can just use it selfishly. There's, there's no point in that. No. So what are we going to do with our increased wealth, influence, platform, power? Uh, are we going to continue to, to listen to God, obey God, hunger after him, continue to seek him, long to, to know him and fellowship with him? Um, and so, you know, just to wrap things up, as we you know, wonder about the Chiefs, how will they handle their continued success in, in light of how challenging it truly is to not fall into the traps that come with back-to-back Super Bowls? And so will, will they continue uh, you know, on this same path of, of teamwork and hunger and, and all that? And then for us, let, let's remember to humbly praise God for the blessings and successes in our lives and, and to keep our eyes fixed on him. And, and, and yes, to a certain extent, enjoy what he's, he's given us, yep. but, but not exactly. apart from him. It's enjoying mm-hmm. with him, in gratitude to him. And, and, and we want to live life with him. And so, yeah, if it's a season of, uh, of blessing, it's, it's, it's enjoying him and his, 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 his uh, the relationship that we have with him and, and the moment-by-moment joy of, of, of knowing our creator yep. and, and being fully loved by him. And so I'm glad you our hearts aligned with him. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up. There, there's a distinction between using God's blessings selfishly and enjoying them. Enjoying yeah. what God has given you is an act of worship. 
but it is different than thank you god now i use it for my selfish gain because if we don't enjoy it no god loves to give to his people and that looks uh, uh, it looks very different all there's many ways for god to give but enjoying his blessings that he gives us is an act of worship because god desires our good and he wants to to bless us and again that looks different ways but yeah, the takeaway is not saying oh, you you can't enjoy that blessing. No, no, that's not that's not the key. Uh, Ecclesiastes five nineteen. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept His lot and rejoice in His toil. This is the gift of God. Mm. And, and Bible reference says this is the the consistent message of the Bible. Wealth is not bad and can be a gift from God. However, it is to be used for God's honor rather than to make a person proud. So mm. I think that sums up what you're saying and uh, a good way, to, good way to wrap this up. So let's enjoy the success when it comes. That's not long for it necessarily. Like that, that doesn't need to be our main focus. Our, our main focus is, God, I just want to be obedient to you. If that means suffering and that's, that's what you're going to use in my life, hey, if you're with me, I'm relying on you. If you want to use success in my life, if there's temptations and challenges that come with it, I need you to help me. I need you to help me not fall into those temptations and to fall into the trappings of success. So we need God just as much in, in, those, in those moments as well. So let's not forget them when, when we do experience those seasons of, of increase and blessing and, and all that kind of thing. And the other reminder too, suffering can be a blessing. Suffering can be a blessing too. And that's a topic yeah. for another day. If our but, end goal especially is knowing God, that's the gift of the gospel. And the, the greatest treasure in this life is knowing God. Amen. And it, suffering often is used as one of the ways for deeper intimacy with God. That's right. Amen. Great stuff, Luke. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. That's the end of the football season. Time to start talking basketball. So thanks for listening all year long. We'll still talk you know, NFL offseason, of course, but, uh, but great to be with you. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast.